Hey, welcome to Discovery Church. So glad that you are joining us again for part three of Hope is Alive. If you missed any of these messages, you can go online, go on our YouTube channel and check them out. Last week, I taught you how to handle disappointment, how to handle disappointments. And man, I really, uh, if you missed that, you got to go online, check that out. Be encouraged in this season. I know a lot of people are experiencing setbacks, and, and I think this is a word in season for a lot of people. If you miss that, go check it out. Here's our theme verse, something that we're kind of sitting in. is Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. It says this, that we have this hope, and it describes hope as an anchor for us. That, that hope is, is like this anchor for our soul. And what this anchor does is when the waves are beating against us and when changes and shifting and trials and difficulty, because we have this thing called hope, it anchors our soul firm and secure. And I believe that's what we need in this season. That's what we need and what we're facing right now, maybe in your families or in your jobs and and just this season, we need something firm. We need something secure because there's so many things that are insecure and uncertain in this season. Today, I want to teach you the source of hope. Did a lot of studying through the Word and, and found some sources of hope today that I believe are, it's going to be so practical, extremely practical message for you today. But before I do that, there's something that really rivals our hope that really robs and rivals our hope. And the Bible talks about this rivalry, the thing that robs our hope quite a bit. And I really want to just expose this with you because I think that in this season, this, this deception, this rival, this is, is being exposed. It really is. It's being exposed. And I want to help you see what maybe um, you're sensing, give you some vocabulary or language to what you're already sensing, like, like the, the voids in your life. And, and because there was shifting and uncertainty, there were some reasons why uh, we are so rattled, why our faith was shaken, why we got depressed, why, why we, we felt the way we did. There, there are some reasons, and I hope today, and I believe today, that, that this message can be a, a shifting moment, that it can shift something in your life like forever and I really pray that right now, I pray that, that you would receive the word of God today and that you would be changed forever because of its power and its place that you give it in your life. Look what the Bible says in 1 Timothy with me, chapter 6. It talks about this rivalry of hope that I want to talk about before we get into really where, hope, where the true sources of hope is. It says this, command those who are rich in this present world, don't check out on me if you're like, well, that's not for me. I'm going to help you out in a moment, okay? But, but Paul writing to Timothy here is, he's giving him some instruction. He's saying, man, there's going to be some people who, who are pretty, they're pretty good or well off. They're rich in this world, but they're going to have a tendency because of their richness, because of their wealth, because of the blessing. They're going to have a tendency to be arrogant. They're going to have a tendency, check this out, to put their hope in their wealth to put their hope in their richness. And I think, I think that is what I, is being revealed in this season. 
that a lot of us put our hope in what this world could offer us. We put our hope in, in the richness, in the provision of this world or its wealth, its blessing, but it is so uncertain. We, we, we thought it was pretty secure, but it's so uncertain. It's unstable. He says, don't do that, but teach him, Timothy. It's a pastor, Timothy, a pastor, Paul talking to pastor Timothy, and he's saying, look, tell them because they're going to want to put their hope in that thing, man. They're going to want to believe the lie of the enemy and put their hope in, in the wealth of this world, but tell them, man, help them out, Timothy. Tell them to put their hope in God because God is the one who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I want to expose some things with you. I'm, I'm calling them today rich people problems. I'm going to give you some rich people problems. It's probably not the problems you're thinking about, though. You're thinking of some other problems, like, like you're, you're, you, know, you need to get a, a new yacht or something like that, or you didn't get to go on the vacation to Hawaii, you, you had to change it to Jamaica. No, 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 not that kind of rich people problem. Let me give you some real rich people problems that you can relate to. Write them down if you're taking notes, you guys. Here's the first one. Uh, rich people don't like to admit they're rich. Rich people don't like to admit that they're rich. For instance, when I said rich people, uh, everyone here, probably most of you here that are listening right now, you didn't think that was you. You don't want to admit that you're rich, but I'm here to tell you today, right now, that you are more rich than you think you are. That, that in fact, you are, you are so rich. Oh my gosh. You're, you're, the, and let me prove it to you. Let me prove how, how rich you are, okay? Um, if you make, statistically, this is just, in, in, in America, if you make um, between forty dollars and $48,000 a year in the household income, check this out, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. You are the elite rich. Now, I know that didn't change any of your situation, but I hope it changed your perspective. That, that maybe what you're looking at, your blessings, you got so comfortable in it that you forgot that it was God who richly provided you with all things for your enjoyment. Now, this is so important that you acknowledge this, that you acknowledge the blessing that God has given you. Because you, if you can't acknowledge your blessing, then you cannot steward it. If you don't acknowledge that you are blessed, that you are rich, then you, are not, you will not steward your, your richness. And I, I know this in this season, it's some of you are even out of work, but check this out. I had this guy who actually applied for a job and, and didn't take it. It was a good job. It was a, a management job. And it was like, you know, a promotion type of job. And I asked him, why did you take it? He said, you know what? I'm making so much in unemployment right now that... I got to take advantage of this. No, for real. De unemployment right now, like I don't know where you're listening, but, but unemployment here from our state is, is $1,050 a week right now. That's a, I'm about to fire myself. You know what I mean? Like, come on, you're hashtag COVID rich, right? That ought to be a hashtag. Hashtag COVID rich. Like we don't know. Even when we're not working, we're rich, man. Look, we are so blessed, y'all. We're so 
blessed. It's time that you would wake up and realize it. Don't put your hope in it, but, but you're not even stewarding it correctly because you're not acknowledging that God has made you rich. Look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that his, by his poverty, look at this, he could make you rich. So God in his generosity, he owns everything and he doesn't hoard all the provision. God loves to dump his blessings on groups of people. Check this out. God doesn't dump his blessing on everybody. Only certain people God, God really pours out blessing on. Only, only 1% of the people got dumped this blessing of God on and not so that we can look at it and see only that which we, we don't have or complain about what we have, but so that God could use it for, so that we would make a difference. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It actually says you'll be made rich in every way. So not just financially. He's talking about you're going to be made rich relationally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. God wants to make you rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. That's why God blessed us. That's why, look, this is our amazing privilege and assignment as Americans, as children of the Most High God, who have been blessed richly by God to make a difference with the blessing that God has given us. It's a rich, I'm telling you, it's just some rich people problems, all right? We don't like to admit it, but most of you listening here, right now, you are rich, and you need to start admitting it and acknowledging it so you can steward it, okay? Here's the second rich people problem, and that is that rich people are plagued by discontentment. So if you're still listening and you, you're thinking to yourself, like, I'm not rich. I don't know. I'm not blessed. I don't, I don't feel blessed. Here's the reality. You're discontent. That's the bottom line. Rich people are plagued with discontentment. So if you have a lot of stuff, and, and most of us have a lot of stuff. Our garage has stuff. Our closets have stuff. We got a lot of stuff. We don't even know what to do with it. We got storage full of stuff. Here's the thing. The more stuff a person has, the more he or she wants. And that's a fact. That that's the more stuff that we have, the more stuff we actually want. And that's the funny thing about appetites. You know, when you, when you have an appetite for something and you satisfy that appetite with more, the appetite doesn't really go away. The, the appetite actually grows. The more you feed that appetite, the more you are going to want that thing you're feeding yourself with. That happens to me with sweets. How many of you out there, okay, after you eat, you want to have some some Reese's peanut butter cups with me. You want to have some ice cream. You want to have powdered jelly filled donuts. You want to have Krispy Kreme. I don't know what your poison is. Sweet surrender. Whatever your poison is, okay, divorce. Well, I'm, I'm hungry right now, all right? I'm just hungry. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. You got a poison, okay? Whatever that is, the more that you feed it, check it out. After you eat, you want to go back to that, don't you? So like you had it, you satisfied it. So the next day when you eat lunch again, your body craves that ice cream. It craves that chocolate, that cupcake. That's the funny thing. The more stuff we have, the more stuff we are going to want. The Bible talks about this in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. It says those who not have money, check it out, those who love money, 
they'll never have enough of it. They'll never be satisfied. The appetite will never go away. It grows. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. And there are so many people that are being fooled that I'm hoping that today and even this season, because some things were taken away, that there's a wake-up call happening in our lives. Because the more you have, he says, the more people come to help you spend it. How true is that, right? Solomon didn't even know there would be telemarketers, but, but somehow he knew, okay? So what good is wealth except to perhaps watch it slip through your fingers? People who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much, but the rich seldom get a good night sleep. It's not going to do what you think it will do, and, and it didn't for a lot of us. It did not do what it promised it to do. Uh, it promised us to do. It didn't. The richness did not satisfy. It kept us, it kept the appetite, it actually grew. We wanted more. Here's the last rich people problem I'm going to give you. Rich people live with a false sense of, of security. Rich people live with a false sense of security. So we, we think, you know, if I could save up enough money, if I could just store up enough money, uh, they even have a word for it, right? It's called financial security. If I could just, if I can have enough finances, I could be secure. How, how is that working for us now, right? In, 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 that we thought by saving or making enough money that, and I'm all about saving, go for it, I'm all about it, I do it. But, but when you put your hope in that richness, is the problem when we think that that richness is going to keep us secure that it actually has the power to keep us safe and secure it can't do it look proverbs actually says in proverbs 18 that the wealth of the rich they is like a look at it what it says a fortified city that they think it's 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 like a wall it's a fort for them they and here's a key word they imagine so they, they're not thinking right. They actually have, their thoughts about it aren't right. They imagine that it's actually a wall way too high to scale. Oh, if I could save up enough, if I could make enough, if I could get that promotion, if I could live in this place, whatever it is, that, 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 that's where I'll be secure. No, it, it's not. You cannot find your security in well. So the question is, is there anything that I can truly hope in that will not be uncertain is there anything that i can hook my anchor into the anchor of my soul is there anything i can hook my anchor into that cannot be uncertain and there's only one thing that can guarantee that will never change and it's not the temporal things it's the eternal things that's why the bible says in romans chapter 15 may god look at it the source of hope, and I would add the only source of hope. Fill you with joy and peace through your faith in Him, and then what will happen is you will overflow with hope. So, I want to challenge you with what I studied here. It's a very practical message today. I want to challenge you to implement, I'm going to give you five ways you can have hope, five sources of hope. Five sources of hope from God's word. You can have it. And I want to challenge you to implement to just, just for three days. Can I just challenge you? Three days. I'm going to give you these five sources. Don't just try one of them. Don't just implement one of them. Like do all five of these sources 
for three days and just see if, if, if something in your soul begins to stand up. That something inside of your, your soul becomes firm and secure. Something anchors and grabs hold of something unshakable and immovable. Just um, test me in this. I challenge you to implement five, every one of these sources of hope. I'm telling you, it's firm and it's secure. I hope you're taking some notes. Here's the first one. The first source of hope is God's presence. God's presence. If you seek God's presence, you will see God's glory. If you seek God's presence, you will see God's glory. Unfortunately, though, trouble operates like a magnet to our attention. It takes so much effort to, to detach our gaze from our adversities and affix our thoughts and our focus upon God. But I'm telling you, by, by developing this habit of daily devotion, daily seeking God's presence, like every day, then when the crisis comes, I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot easier to tap into the, to the source, to tap into the presence of God. And it's amazing to me the number of Christians that have never really truly experienced the power of the presence of God that is so available to us. And chances are most of you here have like experienced that. Most of you here have had moments where you've experienced where you said, wow, whoa, wow, I can, I can sense something. I feel God's presence in this moment where you say, well, that's powerful that God was in that moment. Some of you can even think back to a time where you thought like, wow, God was in that moment or in that place. I want you to know that God always intended for you to experience that every day. Every day for you to walk in and be established, firm, and secure by this source of hope, God's presence. I don't know about you, but I'm, like this season is challenging. I've been tested like uh, with three different occasions just in the last two weeks that had the potential to give me a meltdown. There were some things just in the last two days, I'm telling you right now, they were just messing me up. One of them made me mad. One of them made me disappointed. One of them hurt, hurt my feelings like it was affecting me. But every one of these occasions, listen, I, I, I did this one thing right here. And this is probably my favorite one on the list. Right Out of the five, this is my favorite one on the list because I have found that if I will, in the moment that I'm feeling messed up, that I'm feeling like, like, like discombobulated and disturbed inside, if I get away into his presence and I put on a worship playlist, I'm telling you it won't be but five minutes and the problems that are disturbing me become small and my God becomes big again. It just, it calms my soul, my heart. I'm talking about worship, you guys. That's what I'm talking about here. To get into God's presence that when the storms come, we have this hope and it's his presence. That's why David said in Psalm 62, verse 5, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. Just test me in this. You guys see if it's true. Go to that place every day of God's presence and you will find an anchor for your soul man it'll keep you firm and secure see the problems listen the problems will still be there 
you just won't be moving with it anymore. You just won't be shaking it. It doesn't create instability in your life anymore. The problem's still there. I'm just not shaking or moving with it. I'm firm and secure. It's a source of hope that you need to have God's presence. Here's the second one. God's promise. God's promise. You might want to even make that plural, God's promises, because there are thousands of them. I'm talking about the promises of God's word. For too many people, the, the Bible is just a book we refer to at church. That it's not, it's not bedrock, you guys. It's not, it's not, the, it's not the, what the anchor attaches to at the bottom of the ocean or the sea. It's not bedrock in our life. It may be a part of your life, like a lot of you, the Bible is a part of your life, and you even love it. It's just not the bedrock. Of, and I'm telling you, like this, if you want to have an, an unshakable hope, this firm and secure thing that no matter what's happening in the world, you got you to gotta lean into the Word of God, into God's promises. I mean, the Word of God is so powerful. In fact, Hebrews chapter 4 says like this, that the Word of God, it's not only powerful it's alive it is is living and active and it's sharper than than the sharpest two-edged sword and it cuts the word of god cuts so that some of you i have even experienced that when you're hearing the word or reading you go oh wow that just that touched somewhere deep inside yeah it cuts between the soul and the spirit between my emotion, my, my own will, and that part of me that just communes and is connected to God, the part of me that knows I was created for more, it, I, it separates those things, even joint and marrow. Look what it says. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Man, I'm telling you, if you would just be established in the Word. Here at Discovery, I really encourage people to read the one-year Bible. I've been doing that for years now and I this year invited our pastors to do it with me and we're reading the one-year Bible together and I'm telling you I, I, I don't know how many times that that particular day's reading in the one-year Bible that that I needed that verse I needed that scripture I, I needed it. it it was just a moment in my day where it just it came to my remembrance that God just had and you need I'm telling you you need to the word of God hidden in your heart. It's good to have it. It's good to have 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 in your heart. Greater is he that is in me than he that's, that's in the world. It's good to have Luke 10, 19 in your heart that I've been given authority to trample snakes and scorpions. It's good to have Romans 8, 37 in your heart that I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Hey, when you're, when you're sick, it's good to have Psalm 103, verse 3 in your heart. Bless the Lord. And forget not all his benefits. He heals all my diseases. When you're going through financial crisis, it's good to have Philippians chapter 419 in your heart. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. When you're feeling afraid, it's good to have Psalm 27 verse 1 in your heart. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? I'm just telling you, you if you want to have some hope, you need to know the word of God. You need to get into God's promises and lean into them. It's a hook. It's an anchor for your soul. The next time you go to the dentist, crown me with crown him with many crowns. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Psalm 119. Here's what it says. My soul faints 
And doesn't that feel that way sometimes? Even now, you may be listening today, and it feels like, oh my gosh, I feel like falling. Uh, and in times our soul will feel that way. I feel like falling. I need someone to save me. But I have put my hope, look what it says, where? In your word. God, every time I read the Bible, everything becomes clear. Everything becomes clear in my life every time I get into God's word. Lamentations chapter 3 says it like this, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new, check this out, not every Sunday, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Come on, don't just do it weekly. Get into God's word every, apply this to your life. I'm just telling you, like challenge you for three days, apply this to your life. Get into God's word every day. Not to check off a list, but to grab hold of one word, one word, one promise that, that you will lean into. Get into God's presence every day. Worship him and get into God's presence daily. Start your day with getting in the word and get into his presence. And your hope meter, I'm telling you, is going to rise. Here's, the, here's another, I just was studying the word of God. Like, where are the, what are the sources of hope? Well, God's presence. God's word, his promises. Here's the third source, God's process. God's process. So what I mean by that is every one of us are going to face difficulties, and God uses those difficulties. He uses the dark days to actually mold our character. And I've talked a lot about this here even recently. I've showed you Romans chapter 5 in this series, that we can rejoice in our suffering knowing that God is developing something inside of us. This is development. It's, that's what it is. It's development. God is using it to develop something. I showed you Romans chapter 8, 28, that we know that in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. God has put that scripture to the test a lot of times in my life. He may have put it to the test in your life as well. Like, really? Really, God? All things? I was reading in, in, in the one-year Bible, my daily devotion just this, this last week, and I was reading in Judges chapter 14, and, and I want to just share with you, I put this in this, in this message today, it wasn't going to be in, but because it was in my, my weekly devotion, it connected, I wanted to put it in. In Judges chapter 14, um, we see Samson becomes kind of the judge of Israel. He's coming into power. Samson, if you don't know the story, is... is um, God, the, whole, the Spirit of God was on him so powerfully. He took a Nazarite vow as a young man, and, and as long as he didn't cut his hair and drink any fermented drink, the Spirit of God would just, would just give him power and anointing. And, and so he had some kind of some rules, if you will, that he had to follow in order to uh, have this, this supernatural strength that followed Samson. Um, the Bible says that Samson, a Philistine woman, caught his eye. And that was just like a, one of those rules is you should, you cannot marry the, the tribes of pagan culture. You can't. You got to stay within your tribe of, of Israel. But he really wanted this woman like, like really bad. And look what it says in Rome, Judges chapter 14. So Samson tells his father, hey, she looks good. I want her. I know I'm not supposed to have her, but get her for me. Get her. She looks good to me. And his father and mother, check this out, this is what just blew my mind. His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this. 
creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter what you're experiencing right now. You may be experiencing a challenge of your own making. Here's, here's Samson going outside of, of, of the boundaries of covenant, saying, hey, I, I, want this, I want this woman. I know I'm not supposed to. Dad, get her for me anyway. I'm not saying God, God said, gave license to that, but what I am saying is that God will turn all things for good according to his purposes if we love him and we serve his purpose. That, that Look, here's, here's what I want you to hear. God is at work in this. Like if you let him, if you let him, like right now, if you let him in and you turn your heart toward God, I'm telling you, God could be at work in this, redeeming no matter what you are doing. It could be your own making, somebody else's making. The Lord could be at work right now if you let him, if you let him, if you just turn to God with all your heart. I'm telling you, God has a process. The Lord is at work. What are the sources of hope? His presence. You better learn that to get away in worship. His promises is another source that, that we would grab hold of a verse to get a word, to put a part of your daily life, his process. Not liking it, maybe, not liking the process, but appreciating it, that God is working something inside of us, making us more like him. Here's the fourth one, and it's a fantastic one. Number four is God's purpose. Here, that's a source of hope. God's purpose. Look, if you don't know, if you don't know why you exist, like why you are here, why you've been created, if you haven't found that out yet, hope will be hard to find at times. If you don't know your purpose, you, you're probably in just survival mode. But one of the most fulfilling things in your life, one of the most fulfilling things that can give you hope is knowing your purpose. Because when life gets tough, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, life is tough. That sucks. That's not good. But I got something bigger in my life than the problems in my life. I have purpose that is greater than my pain, that's greater than my problems, greater than my, than my junk. I got focus for my life. At Discovery, we believe that, that you were created with a purpose. We say it like this, that, that the, everyone is created with this universal. You have a unique purpose, but everyone was created to love God, love each other, and make a difference to change the world. You were created to love God, to love each other, to be in authentic community with others, and to make a difference with your life, to change the world. If you don't know what your purpose is, start there. You, you start right there at loving God passionately, loving others, like authentically, and start making a difference. Like, right, it's, it doesn't need to be huge. It doesn't need to be magnificent. It doesn't, heaven doesn't need to open. Just make a difference with your time, with your talents, with your treasures. Jeremiah 29 11, I showed you this in week one. Look at it again. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future, a hope and a future, they're directly connected, directly. Your future, your purpose is connected to your hope. Here's the final source of hope. I want you to implement them this week, at least for three days, and just see if something doesn't stand up on the inside of you. Here's a big one. In the Word of God, a source of hope is God's place. God's place. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 14. 
do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't get so disturbed at this life, at what, what's happening in this life. Trust in God. Trust also in me, in my Father's house. See, you need to know the context of this. The disciples were discouraged. And Jesus didn't come and, and, and give them, you know, uh, 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 a good uh, a good sermon. He didn't give them a, a meet their need right there. No, he said, uh, I get it. It's tough right now. Let me show you what you can look forward to because life is going to be tough. He says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare. Can you say these last three words out with me? Come on, let's say them. I'm going to prepare a place for you. There is a place for you. And this is a source of hope that the Bible comes back to over and over. I have a place that the Lord has made for me. Listen, guys, if all you have is this earth, if that's all you have, then I pity you. I feel sorry for you. You were never meant to, to have just this place. This place, earth, was never meant to be your stopping point. It was just meant to be a place you were passing through. And when you understand that, when, when, the things, when things in your life get crushed by the waves and the wind, your soul doesn't get crushed with it because it's not attached to it. This isn't my place. This isn't my resting place. I'm just passing through. First Peter chapter 1 says it like this, that God has reserved his, for his children the priceless gift of eternal life. It is kept in heaven for you. And God, in his mighty power, will make sure that you get there safely to receive it because you're trusting him. Look at this. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though the going is rough for a while down here. It may get rough down here, but Jesus said, look, don't, don't be troubled by it. I got a place for you where there's no sorrow, there's no weeping, there's no pain, there's no tears. It's a source of hope. If you get so distracted and put your hope in the wealth of this world, in anything, the, the pleasures, the possessions of this world, you can easily be shifted and rocked by the waves. Hey, because God is the source of our hope, I, I want you to make two value shifts today. Like, like two shifts in, in, in how we've been living, the values that we've been living by. I think they need to change. Because God's the source, check it out. Here's the first value. We need to value people over possessions. Because people are the, the only thing that's going to show up that you can experience on earth and in your life. The only thing that's going to show up in heaven from this life are the people. That's it. That's, that's only your possessions. They're not going with you. All of it's going to, someone else is going to take it. That's everything that you've stored up. Someone else is going to take that. But people, people last forever. The people that maybe we've been ne neglecting for the wealth of this world, for the treasures, the richness of this world that we've been chasing, thinking that it can actually make us secure, that can actually make us ha happy. Look, something needs to change, guys. And I hope that in this season where things maybe have been stripped away or maybe you, you've been able to take enough of a step back to see from a different perspective, man, we need to change. We need to value the people in our life over the possessions of this life. Here's the second value that needs to change because God's the source of our hope. We need to value the eternal 
over the temporal. We need to start placing a higher value on the things that are eternal than the things that are going to wash away and the things that aren't going to show up in heaven. Here's how Philippians chapter 3 says it. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. That's a strong word, enemies of the cross of Christ. How so? Their destiny is destruction because their God is their stomach. What he's saying is their God is what they can consume in this world. They, they, they prioritize the temporal over the eternal. What they can consume and receive and achieve in this world. And their glory is in their shame. Here's what he says. Check it out. This is why. This is why it happened. Because their mind was on earthly things. Their mind was, was caught. Their mind was affixed on the wrong stuff. It, was on, it wasn't on the eternal things. They, they lost their, their perspective, their source of hope shifted to things that were so uncertain. It, can, it could never anchor them. It could never bring certainty and firmness and security, but they put their mind on earthly things. But he tells them this. He says, but, hey, wake up. Wake up, call. Value shift. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await Come on, we, we have this hope. We have this anticipation. We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, this hope, this hope of eternity, this hope of heaven, this hope of a Savior is available to you today. I'd love to pray for you right where you're at. If you don't have this hope, if you don't have this firm and secure, unshakable thing in your life, man, you can have it. It's, it's, it's so readily available. It's so accessible. It's not as hard as you think. Maybe, maybe you, you built up in your mind that you had to maybe do a list of things or you had to achieve a certain amount of things in order for really God to, to rescue you or come through for you. Listen, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You can get a fresh start today, right now. Some of you need that again because maybe you, you, you started looking to other sources, putting your hope in the things of this world, in the wealth of this world. And you need to lift anchor from there and put your hope in God, your source of hope. If you need to do that again, I'd love to pray for you as well. If you're watching on our church online experience, there's some buttons you can press. You can let us know that you're praying this prayer with us. If that's you, though, can you just bow your head right there? Can you say something like this? Jesus, forgive me for my sins, my mistakes, my past. Today, I surrender my life to you. I declare that you're my Lord my Savior and my God. I surrender. Come live inside of me and make me brand new. Thank you, God, for saving me. Today I receive it. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. Thank you, God. God, I speak over every person right now that needs this hope, that needs the firm and secure anchor of their soul. 
God, I speak right now over every person that you would become the source, the unshakable source, that you would help us this week, this week, God, to put this word to the test, that this week, God, we would get into your presence every day, that we would worship you, not wait for Sunday, not wait for someone else to take us there, but that we would worship you and get into your presence every day, that we would be establishing your word, God, that we would hold on to it, the promises of your word, that we would trust your process, your purpose, and we look forward to your place, God, that these are sources of hope that cause us to be firm and secure, and we trust in them, we trust in you, God, today, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, if you said that prayer today and you gave your life to Christ, they want to celebrate with you that you're, you just got a fresh start with God. And because of that, that you have just started fresh, this fresh start, we would love to give you a free resource. It's a, a book that I wrote. We, we have a, a pre-release copy that, that is available to you called Fresh Start. It's going to help you in this fresh start. It's going to help you in your salvation and your walk with Christ. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to text the word CONNECT to the number listed below. Um, or you can go online to our website. We have a connection card. I want you to fill that out and check off the box that says you want a copy of that free book. We would love to send that to you. We'd love to help you now, pray for you, help you get connected to some of our Zoom groups, help walk alongside in this new faith journey that you started today, man. We're so excited for what God is going to do in your life. Hey, Discovery, do me a favor. Go love God, love each other, and go change the world.